Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Thursday, September 29th. We have had some extraordinary events happen in the news recently, and when they happened, I felt alarm bells going off in my spirit. I believe we are close to seeing a prophecy come to pass and be fulfilled concerning the end-of-day's judgment of modern-day Babylon. Who is the end-of-day's daughter Babylon nation? Is this nation related to the mystery Babylon woman described in Revelation 17 and 18? What events are happening in the news that indicate that her destruction is drawing near? What will happen to Yahweh's people when Babylon falls? How will Yahweh protect his people during this time? These are some of the questions we examine in this teaching. To watch this video teaching, go to the Bridge Connector channel on Rumble, rumble rumble.com. The title of the teaching is Persian forces took down ancient Babylon, will a Mede coalition, Iran, Russia, and China, take down modern Babylon? Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Vayalek, and it means, And he went. Deuteronomy 31.22-26 So that very day Moses wrote down the words of the song and taught it to the Israelites. Then the Lord commissioned Joshua, son of Nun, with these words, Be strong and courageous, for you must bring the people of Israel into the land I swore to give them. I will be with you. When Moses had finished writing this entire body of instruction in a book, he gave this command to the Levites who carried the Ark of the Lord's Covenant. Take this book of instruction and place it beside the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, so it may remain there as a witness against the people of Israel. Isaiah 57, 15-59, 21. The High and Lofty One who lives in eternity, the Holy One, says this, I live in the high and holy place with those whose spirits are contrite and humble. I restore the crushed spirit of the humble and revive the courage of those with repentant hearts. For I will not fight against you forever. I will not always be angry. If I were, 
All people would pass away, all the souls I have made. I was angry, so I punished these greedy people. I withdrew from them, but they kept going on their own stubborn way. I have seen what they do, but I will heal them anyway. I will lead them. I will comfort those who mourn, bringing words of praise to their lips. May they have abundant peace, both near and far, says the Lord, who heals them. But those who still reject me are like the restless sea, which is never still, but continually churns up mud and dirt. There is no peace for the wicked, says my God. Shout with the voice of a trumpet blast. Shout aloud. Don't be timid. Tell my people Israel of their sins. Yet they act so pious. They come to the temple every day and seem delighted to learn all about me. They act like a righteous nation that would never abandon the laws of its God. They ask me to take action on their behalf, pretending they want to be near me. We have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? We have been very hard on ourselves and you don't even notice it. I will tell you why I respond. It's because you are fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance, bowing your heads like reeds bending in the wind. You dress in burlap and cover yourselves with ashes. Is this what you call fasting? Do you really think this will please the Lord? No. This is the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free. And remove the chains that bind the people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them and do not hide from relatives who need your help. Then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then when you call, the Lord will answer. Yes, I am here. He will quickly reply. Remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your finger and spreading vicious rumors. Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness, and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities. Then you will be known as a rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Don't pursue your own interests on that day, but enjoy the Sabbath and speak of it with delight as the Lord's holy day. Honor the Sabbath in everything you do on that day, and don't follow your own desires or talk idly. Then the Lord will be your delight. I will give you great honor and satisfy you with the inheritance I promised to your ancestor Jacob. I, the Lord, have spoken. Listen, the Lord's arm is not too weak to save you, nor is his ear too deaf to hear you call. It's your sins that have cut you off from God. 
Because of your sins he has turned away and will not listen any more. Your hands are the hands of murderers, and your fingers are filthy with sin. Your lips are full of lies, and your mouth spews corruption. No one cares about being fair and honest. The people's lawsuits are based on lies. They conceive evil deeds and then give birth to sin. They hatch deadly snakes and weave spiders' webs. Whoever eats their eggs will die. Whoever cracks them will hatch a viper. Their webs can't be made into clothing, and nothing they do is productive. All their activity is filled with sin, and violence is their trademark. Their feet run to do evil, and they rush to commit murder. They think only about sinning. Misery and destruction always follow them. They don't know where to find peace or what it means to be just and good. They have mapped out crooked roads, and no one who follows them knows a moment's peace. So there is no justice among us, and we know nothing about right living. We look for light, but find only darkness. We look for bright skies, but walk in gloom. We grope like the blind along a wall, feeling our way like people without eyes. Even at brightest noontime we stumble, as though it were dark. Among the living we are like the dead. We growl like hungry bears. We moan like mournful doves. We look for justice, but it never comes. We look for rescue, but it is far away from us. For our sins are piled up before God and testify against us. Yes, we know what sinners we are. We know we have rebelled and have denied the Lord. We have turned our backs on our God. We know how unfair and oppressive we have been, carefully planning our deceitful lives. Our courts oppose the righteous, and justice is nowhere to be found. Truth stumbles in the streets, and honesty has been outlawed. Yes, truth is gone, and anyone who renounces evil is attacked. The Lord looked and was displeased to find there was no justice. He was amazed to see that no one intervened to help the oppressed. So he himself stepped in to save them with his strong arm, and his justice sustained him. He put on righteousness as his body armor, and placed the helmet of salvation on his head. He clothed himself with a robe of vengeance and wrapped himself in a cloak of divine passion. He will repay his enemies for their evil deeds. His fury will fall on his foes. He will pay them back even to the ends of the earth. In the west, people will respect the name of the Lord. In the east, they will glorify him, for he will come like a raging flood tide driven by the breath of the Lord. The Redeemer will come to Jerusalem to buy back those in Israel who have turned from their sins, says the Lord. And this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit will not leave them, and neither will these words I have given you. They will be on your lips and on the lips of your children, and your children's children forever. I, the Lord, have spoken. Philippians 1, 1-26 This letter is from Paul and Timothy, slaves of Yeshua. I am writing to all of God's holy people in Philippi who belong 
to Yeshua, including the church leaders and deacons. May God our Father and the Lord Yeshua give you grace and peace. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy, for you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Yeshua from the time you first heard it until now. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Yeshua returns. So it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you, for you have a special place in my heart. You share with me the special favor of God, both in my imprisonment and in defending and confirming the truth of the good news. God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Yeshua. I pray that your love will overflow more and more, and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters, so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Yeshua's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Yeshua, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. And I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. It's true that some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry, but others preach about Yeshua with pure motives. They preach because they love me, for they know that I have been appointed to defend the good news. Those others do not have pure motives as they preach about Christ. They preach with selfish ambition, not sincerely, intending to make my chains more painful to me. But that doesn't matter, whether their motives are false or genuine. The message about Yeshua is being preached. Either way, so I rejoice, and I will continue to rejoice, for I know that as you pray for me, and the Spirit of Yeshua helps me, this will lead to my deliverance. For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ, as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Yeshua, whether I live or die. For to me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sakes, it is better that I continue to live. Knowing this, I am convinced that I will remain alive so I can continue to help all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. And when I come to you again, you will have even more reason to take pride in Yeshua because of what he is doing through me. Psalm 71, 1-24 O Lord, I have come to you for protection. Don't let me be disgraced. Save me and rescue me, for you do what is right. Turn your ear to listen to me and set me free. Be my rock of safety where I can always hide. 
Give the order to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. My God, rescue me from the power of the wicked, from the clutches of cruel oppressors. O Lord, you alone are my hope. I have trusted you, O Lord, from childhood. Yes, you have been with me from birth. From my mother's womb you have cared for me. No wonder I am always praising you. My life is an example to many because you have been my strength and protection. That is why I can never stop praising you. I declare your glory all day long. And now, in my old age, don't set me aside. Don't abandon me when my strength is failing. For my enemies are whispering against me. They are plotting together to kill me. They say, God has abandoned him. Let's go and get him, for no one will help him now. O God, don't stay away. My God, please hurry to help me. Bring disgrace and destruction on my accusers. Humiliate and shame those who want to harm me. But I will keep on hoping for your help. I will praise you more and more. I will tell everyone about your righteousness. All day long I will proclaim your saving power, though I am not skilled with words. I will praise your mighty deeds, O Sovereign Lord. I will tell everyone that you alone are just. O God, you have taught me from my earliest childhood, and I constantly tell others about the wonderful things you do. Now that I am old and gray, do not abandon me, O God. Let me proclaim your power to this new generation, your mighty miracles to all who come after me. Your righteousness, O God, reaches to the highest heavens. You have done such wonderful things. Who can compare with you, O God? You have allowed me to suffer much hardship, but you will restore me to life again and lift me up from the depths of the earth. You will restore me to even greater honor and comfort me once again. Then I will praise you with music on the harp, because you are faithful to your promises, O my God. I will sing praises to you with a lyre, O Holy One of Israel. I will shout for joy and sing your praises, for you have ransomed me. I will tell about your righteous deeds all day long, for everyone who tried to hurt me has been shamed and humiliated. Proverbs 24, 9-10 The schemes of a fool are sinful. Everyone detests a mocker. If you fail under pressure, your strength is too small. I'd like to speak to you today from Isaiah chapter 59. And as I was reading this chapter, I got some real downloads. So as we read through this chapter, it's talking about a time in history when there was much wickedness and corruption and crookedness. Let me just read a couple of the verses. Verse 4, no one cares about being fair and honest. The people's lawsuits are based on lies. I'm going to just give you one example of that, that the people's lawsuits are based on lies. And in the news today, I just read this from the EpicTimes.com. Organization is suing Florida's Governor DeSantis over flights to Martha's Vineyard received over one million 
from George Soros. So there's a profit nonprofit organization that has filed a lawsuit against Florida Governor Ron DeSantis on September 20th on behalf of illegal immigrants who were flown to Martha's Vineyard on his orders. And they have received nearly $1.4 million from the left-wing billionaire George Soros, his nonprofit organization called Open Society. The organization Lawyers for Civil Rights filed the suit in the District of Massachusetts on behalf of the illegal immigrants and Alianza Americas. So that's just one example of people's lawsuits are based on lies. Verse 8. They don't know where to find peace or what it means to be just and good. They have mapped out crooked roads, and no one who follows them knows a moment's peace. Verse 11, we look for justice, but it never comes. We look for rescue, but it is far away from us. Verse 14, our courts oppose the righteous, and justice is nowhere to be found. Truth stumbles in the streets, and honesty has been outlawed. Yes, truth is gone, and anyone who renounces evil is attacked. So as I read those verses, I thought about recent events that have happened in the United States of America in the past year. I think about how Mike Lindell's cell phone was recently seized from him by the DOJ and by the FBI, and he does all his business on his cell phone, and they just took it from him. And he's being targeted because he's been a strong voice speaking out against the election fraud that went on and how the election was stolen. I think about Trump and how the FBI, modern-day Gestapo FBI, raided Mar-a-Lago, his estate where he lives at home, and raided there and went into his safe and took all kinds of papers. And again, they're targeting him because they don't want to see him ever run for election again. I think about Simone Gold. She is a doctor and a lawyer, and she is the founder of America's Frontline Doctors. And she was put in prison for 60 days on a misdemeanor charge because she entered a government building on January 6th. She also was a speaker at the January 6th gathering and spoke out against the dangers of the experimental use jab and talked about how there are early prevention treatments that you can do at home to prevent things from getting worse to where you have to go to the hospital. I think about the January 6th protesters who have not had any due process, who have been locked up for more than a year without any kind of a trial or any due process. And they are basically political prisoners because they had exercised their right to, to free speech and to be able to gather and to make a protest against an election that had been stolen. And it was a peaceful protest. It was, um, there were FBI agents that posed as Trump supporters who stirred the pot and created trouble. And, and, you know, they tried to turn it into a false flag violent event. So all of these things that are going on right now, and I'm sure there are many unjust and wicked things going on in other nations that I have not spoken about. But in the next part of this passage, we see 
a picture, another Yeshua sighting here in the Old Testament, a picture of Yeshua. And I believe this picture of him is describing when he first came in his first coming. But it's also, I believe, describing his second coming, that these conditions that we've described here, looking for justice but not finding it, the courts opposing the righteous, truth stumbles in the streets, we have crooked roads, all of these conditions are present immediately prior to his coming. So in verse 16, he was amazed to see that no one intervened to help the oppressed. So he himself, who, who, Yeshua, stepped in to save them with his strong arm. Anytime you hear a reference to mighty hand and strong arm, this is a hint. It's a remez hint hinting at Yeshua, that God the Father has a strong arm, and that strong arm is his son, Yeshua. His strong arm and his justice sustained him. He, that is Yeshua, put on righteousness as his body armor and placed the helmet of salvation on his head. He clothed himself with a robe of vengeance and wrapped himself in a cloak of divine passion. He will repay his enemies for their evil deeds. His fury will fall on his foes. For he will come like a raging flood tide driven by the breath of the Lord. So I believe this is um, has been fulfilled partially in Yeshua's first coming, but in his first coming he was gentle and kind and loving, and he was the lamb that was taken to slaughter. And he spoke uh, salvation, he spoke forgiveness, he spoke of God's mercy and God's forgiveness. But when he returns, he's going to he's coming as a warrior. And he's going to deal with God's enemies. He's going to deal with these people who have so corrupted the system that there are so many lies and nothing is honest, nothing is right. There's no truth anymore. There's no justice anymore. The courts oppose the righteous and justice is nowhere to be found. And and the corruption is so pervasive and so enormous It's not just in any one country. It's global. It's in every nation. So Yeshua is going to come and he's going to set things right. And he's going to deal with the enemies who have been oppressing and stomping on um, God's people. Who have been causing them great, great suffering. And even causing a lot of death as well. And that is something to look forward to that Yeshua is coming back. He's going to protect his remnant people, and he's going to deal with the enemies of Israel, the enemies of God, and the enemies of God's people. So, take heart, look up, for your redemption draws near. Shalom and Yeshua the Messiah. Yevrekka Adonai Vish Mrekka Yaya Adonai Vikunneka 
Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>